0: Uh, thank you all for watching. Welcome back to another Crossing Darkness podcast. Um, this is season two, episode seven. I am your host, Frozen Fallout. My co-host with me today is Rory. Hi, everybody. Uh, we are broadcasting over Twitch Sundays, 7 p.m. to 7:30 p.m. Central Time. We are open to chatting with the fans during the show. Today we're going to be reviewing Mage 20th Anniversary and going over what we are going to be doing with Mage in our Madison Under Siege remake. Um, So, first thing that we're gonna kind of be going over is um, the Mage 20th Anniversary book. Um, So, this is a gigantic, huge, huge, huge book that has, um, like, every uh, major thing that you really need to play a mage game. Um, There's one other book that I would highly suggest, and we'll get into it a little bit later, which is um, How Do You Do That? Um, It's a really good, um, you know, much smaller, simpler book on how do you do magic what spheres are capable of doing what different things. And those these two books together kind of cover pretty much everything that you need to know for um, how to play Mage the Ascension. Um, so the first thing that we're kind of going to start on is, you know, just a real brief overview of the traditions and, you know, what the... Uh, who the traditions are and as well as who the technocrats and the um, their different conventions and what they are. Um, so I'm going to start off by kind of going over just a brief overview of what the traditions are and then what each tradition group is and just a basic concept of them. So the traditions in general is like a group that was created um, I don't know the exact year, but it was in like the 14th century or 15th century or something like that. Um, but basically, in um, during that time is the rise as well of the Order of Reason, which is the technocracy. And basically, there was this big push from a you know a smaller group that believed in in technology and had this like, uh, and we'll get in more into that in the. Um, Technocracy overview but basically um, during this time period a bunch of mages kind of saw that there was a small upstart group that was coming about and kind of going to be taking over the entire scene Um, and you know this group was going to turn out to be their greatest nemesis so they needed to kind of come together in order to um, fight you know, this new Ascension War that was basically happening. Um, and a real big brief overview of what Mage is before we really get going, um, it's it's all about reality manipulation and um, the belief structure of, you know, what people believe is what, f- you know, forms the basis of reality. Um, there are certain things um, which we've argued over time, um, but certain things like gravity are not necessarily affected by um belief in the sense of uh anyways, that's that's getting into deeper stuff. Um but in, in, in general, the traditions are the more traditional magic using groups. Um so you've got like the Akashic Brotherhood, which is your martial arts, you know, um shaman or the uh um what's the word I'm looking for? The monks, the uh Eastern. No, there's a specific like um, type of monk. Anyway, Shaolin. Shaolin monk, yeah, stuff like that. Um, they focus more on like martial arts and how to do magic through martial arts. Um, you got the celestial choir. That's.
1: Oh, more... are we are we going to talk about each tradition and how they exist in? Uh... In Madison under siege, not right as now. Go,
0: no. no, that's going to be the next segment.
1: The okay,
0: because if you look at the thing, it's like we talk about Mage twentieth anniversary overview, and then Mage in Madison under siege. Um, but yeah. In any case, um, you've got the Celestial Choir. Um, they are more of your uh, religious mages. Um, they kind of take all the different religions and kind of, uh, besides more of the, pa- the the non-paganistic religions, the more um, religions that focus on one supreme god. Um, you've got the Cult of Ecstasy that are more of a uh, drug-induced magic um, and higher levels of uh, um, states of mind through um, ecstasy or pot or other kind of like dancing and and um, partying music to a certain degree. Um, Celestial Choir is also really big into music. Um, there's the Dream Speakers, um, and these are your more um, Native American um, the You know shamanistic kind of uh magic um the euthanatos which the euthanatos are the really interesting ones because they deal with entropy which is really well known for being a um darker kind of uh sphere that kind of brings about um a you know a sp- specific kind of uh, I'm trying to think of the word for it, but uh, there's a specific thing that happens when you're using entropy and how you can become corrupted by it, basically. Entropy. Um, entropy. Um, but yeah, so when you're using entropy, you can um, you can become corrupted by I can't think of what the word is for the the corruption though. In any case, uh, we've got the Order of Hermes, which is your more, um, you know, traditional mage out of Dungeons and Dragons. They have spell books and, and a large amount of, uh, um, you know, tradition behind their magic. They're more they they have a very high level of scientific understanding of what magic is. Um, and then you've got the Sons of Ether who are your more mad scientists and working with uh, steampunk, usually, uh, level-type technology. Um, The Verbena, which are your more paganistic, uh, blood magic, uh, life um, magic-type group. Uh, The Virtual Adepts, which are just more um, hacker Uh, video game, you know, living in a virtual world that they've created in the Umbra. Um, So that's a basic overview of what the traditions are. And then Mike's going to pick up the um, technocrats here.
1: Okay, so the technocrats have five different conventions. Uh, So unlike the traditions, which uh, each tradition is associated with one sphere of magic, uh, the conventions are not. Uh, they have subgroups within them that are associated with uh, various spheres, uh, but we're probably not going to get into that. Uh, so Iteration X, um, they're kind of the... Honestly, I don't know much about them. Technological prowess. The they like build spirit, cyborgs and, computer, and flash, androids and... Computer. Yeah, I guess I've never really thought about it.
0: They're the big cy- cybernetic type. Uh...
1: Yeah, there's, they're the ones that handle all the hit marks, right?
0: Yep, they created them hit marks, and they have an entire planet out in the Umbra that they control.
1: Oh, yeah, it's Iteration X that has uh, autochthonia Yep. Yeah, the, the entire computer planet that uh, orbits the sun directly opposite the Earth. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, so so that's iteration X. NWO, New World Order. They're the propagandists, um, the the men in black, so to speak. Um, they're the ones that go out into the world and convince everybody. Uh, progenitors. They're the uh, the life experimenters. They're the ones that grow shit in labs. Uh, they're the ones that create the new drugs that. Uh, Create compliance. Progenitors are kind of scary. And I don't like them. Uh, the Syndicate. They're the the money people. Uh, they are the ones that manipulate markets. Stock. Stocks and everything. Uh, they probably own half the businesses on Earth. And then of course my favorite. The Void Engineers. Who are the explorers. And sometimes defenders of Earth. Uh. They actually have the most subgroups. Um, But mainly the coolest part about the Void Engineers is that they go out to space and they explore everything they can. And mostly they're in the technocracy just for the funding uh, so that they can continue to explore. So the Void Engineers are usually a lot more friendly with tradition mages.
0: Yeah. Yep, they're the ones that are most likely to actually have contacts with the tradition mages because they're more—they have a better understanding that what the fuck is out there is way more dangerous than the mages that that are here. Um, you know, some mages that are here are really dangerous as well, but.
1: Uh, But yeah, so that's the technocracy.
0: Um, Yeah, so, and then the general gist of the Ascension War, um, it started off kind of in the beginning, I'll kind of start off with the, um, so the traditions kind of has stayed this name of the traditions for a long time. They built a a coalition at the beginning, built this first, what they called the first cabal, which is, um, they had one member of every single tradition in it and they went out to try and unite the traditions and so they went around doing good deeds basically throughout earth Um, and they fell apart to infighting and technocratic infiltration Um, and or basically one of their primary members uh, basically betrayed everybody um, made one of the traditions leave um because he was the head of that tradition basically and he betrayed his wife which was like a verbena and basically just like caused all this problem and his whole thing was is that nobody was giving a fuck about the technocracy at this point and they need to all focus in on the technocracy who so his betrayal was to get um the technoc get the traditions focused on the technocracy. Um, there's a whole thing about how he had two spirits, um, so, you know, there, or how he had two souls, basically, that were united in his body, and there's a whole crazy thing about that. I highly suggest, if you're interested, go check that out. Um, there's a bunch of books on it. But, uh, is, that
1: in, is that in Mage
0: 20? Um, I think they talk a little bit about the first Cabal, um, in Mage 20, but they there's, an, there's a little, like, uh, like the Book of Nod, um, there's a little book on the the first cabal that's really a good thing to kind oh, of to read okay. through, um, and I, I I have it over here. I just don't have it at uh, okay. I don't see it as the is it this one? No, nope. I don't have it. So, um. But yeah, the the basis of it of that is that they went around the gap of trade, um, or th- and at the time it was the um, order of reason, and truthfully, I kind of side with the order of reason more than I side with the traditions back in the 1400s, um, you know, 1500s or whatever. Um, during that time, vampires were running amok, according to other mythos. Um, werewolves were you know freaking out and. Um, you know, having a bunch of their land getting wiped out. Um, so there was a bunch of fighting that was happening there. And then there's a bunch of mages that are running everything. I mean, basically, the people in the 1400s were subdued by uh, everybody, you know. And the the Order Reason yeah. came around and said, hey, let's give these guys technology, which you know, even the Order of her you know, technology was around before the Order of Reason and the technocracy, but it wasn't something that was focused on, you know, all of the learning, all the advancements that were happening were happening in in a magical way. And you had to know this like cryptic, crazy magic in order to really get ahead in that world. Um, there were some, you know, basic technologies that are always just coming out at, at all times. Um, but the the idea that the people, uh, the mages that were running the scenes were worried about humans wasn't really a thing. And it seemed like the Order of Hermes, or the Order of Reason was.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know enough about it to, uh, to argue that. I, th- I think my, my speculation has always been that uh, despite the fact that the technocracy is very much about control, uh, that doesn't mean that people's lives are going to suck.
0: Well, right, yeah. Well, I mean, and, but the the origins of it wasn't control. It was freedom, actually. It was to break free everybody from this control that the mages had over everybody and the vampires. Oh, yeah. Um, and in, empowering humanity through enlightenment and technology and giving giving everybody magic, basically, because back then it wasn't really about censoring of information and stuff, it's, you know, later on when it became the technocracy is when everything kind of changed, and the technocracy went from being a group that was like, let's free the people from the control of mages to, wait a minute, we're the ones in control of the world now, we're not fighting for control of the world from mages anymore we're now fighting for control of the world from humans that we gave all this freedom to so let's use you know let's start changing our policies in regards to how to handle humans from freeing them to controlling them now and you know that's the reason why i don't like the technocracy in the 20th century and the 21st century is because they're much more hell-bent on control dictate you know emphasized by the thing that runs the technocracy is called control and calls itself self-control it's not a nickname like that's the name of the thing that runs the technocracy um, yeah. and the, the traditions have kind of flipped it and they're like we're not fighting for control of humanity anymore we're fighting to bring wonder back to humanity um, and and originally that was kind of the the origins of the traditions is that they were worried that what the technocracy or what the order of reason was going to do was wipe out wonder. It was going to wipe out dragons and it was going to wipe out, you know, all these other things that it did wipe out that are wondrously interesting things in this universe that shouldn't be considered myth. They should be considered things that we should study and understand and, and have around. Um, but they're also, you know, emphasized by how dangerous it is to have a dragon that could exist on Earth. You know, it's, it's not something that, uh, you know, you could see both sides of the argument easily with a dragon. Wouldn't it be cool to have a dragon on Earth? And also, wouldn't it not be cool to have a dragon on Earth?
1: Well, if we keep going with the technocracy, we'll eventually get back to the point where we can have dragons. They'll just not be real. They'll be close enough.
0: Well, I mean, not the direction the technocracy is eventually going at this point. They're, so from my understanding, is that the technocracy eventually gets to a point where they stop wanting to to directly advance society to to a wondrous age, um, and a Star Trek age, and they kind of want to they want to do more of what like the um, what happens in the Matrix, where they just want to keep 1990 going forever. You know if we could just make everybody live in 1990 for the next million years like that would be great that's that's like the year of control um you know the the decade of control 1990 to the year 2000 is like the golden age of the technocracy and when everything is going perfectly right for them everything beyond that is totally getting out of control and not uh, and in fact actually happens because they lose contact with control like It existed in the Umbra, and they lost control or contact with it once the Avatar Storm happened. So, yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. So, and that kind of gives you a a a general idea of the Ascension War. There. Um, We also have uh, what we're doing with uh, Madison under siege. Um, in mage and one of the big things for me is that madison under siege is um, kind of centered around using mage as its focal point of what's um, what i consider the center game for it so most games most settings in the world of darkness um, you know have more of a vampire or werewolf kind of setting to it um, where a lot of people won't you know if you're playing vampire of course you're going to play in a vampire werewolf you're going to play in a werewolf but if you're playing like wraith you're still kind of playing in a vampire world um you know if you're playing in um changeling you're still kind of playing in more of a werewolf kind of setting uh, but we and so and in, in general almost all of our games still kind of have like a hint of a lot of mage involvement in all of our other games um, so if we when we're playing vampires, vampires are at least aware that mages are you know stuff is going on with uh, mages in Madison. why because it's hard to cover up that much activity that we're having with mage in Madison like we also don't have the problem of having to have a um, limit on the amount of people that can be in madison due to mage uh, mage doesn't have like a real constriction on how many people a city can have that are mages uh, they say like one to i think it's like one percent of the population is mages but that's still a lot of freaking people <laughs> like that's millions a lot of yeah um, but it's you know that's So you could do a lot with it. So one one of the things that we did is that we said that, you know, this is like headquarters for mages to a certain degree. We have every tradition here. We have multiple of every tradition here. There's a Chantry for every tradition in Madison. Each one of them also, or Madison has its own horizon realm that they work together to build. and is fueled by a super node that's being hidden um, by one of the mages um, this horizon realm is basically like a floating island above madison that has like you know different villages and um, different people you know each you know each tradition has its own area of land that they control and that has its own um, different rules and different enhancement to spheres and um different paradigms all throughout the different um areas of land that that you can kind of wander in this horizon realm um, and so we kind of you know really buffed it up as that mage in madison under siege is um and in madison in general are just we're, we're going big with it uh, we have lots of mages lots of um, activity and lots of uh you know powerful mages that are old you know hundreds or thousands of years old that are existing in madison
1: yeah that uh that island you said it's in a horizon realm is that what level of the umbra is that near umbra middle or high
0: um so from my understanding that is the um there's two different horizon realms but the main one that everybody talks about is the one that's the divide between the middle umbra and the um deep umbra So there's like a a plane that exists that a barrier between the deep umbra and the rest of the umbra and that's the horizon realm and that's where mages play quite often that's the area where people build their horizon realms and they fight over horizon realms and they use um, basically nodes on earth or places of power on earth in order to build these crazy realms out there
1: yeah and now like, those are the realms that are cut off during the uh, the Avatar Storm, right?
0: Yes, so those all get cut off during the Avatar Storm. Like, pretty much anything that deals with the Umbra gets cut off in the Avatar Storm.
1: I'm going to have to read that. Um,
0: the, the Horizon Stronghold of Hope is a really good book for that. That kind of gives you um, a lot of interesting concepts um of what horizon is and um, there's a lot of play with it but it's interesting that after 1999 you can't do a lot with it after that uh, because of the horizon or because of the avatar storm which we have things that we've you know there's ways of getting around the avatar storm for sure um, which is individuals that can Travel still between it without having any problems all the way to, um, you know, different things that you can manipulate as a storyteller as to reasons why people can get through the Avatar Storm. But I'm not a big fan personally of the Avatar Storm. Um, I really don't like how it cut off the Umbra from mages, but or from powerful mages, I guess. The lower level mages can actually get through the Avatar Storm without having too much problems. I think it's get
1: killed, yeah. though. It, um, it made sense at the time for them to go in that direction in the meta plot.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with it as a meta plot type thing. It just is uh, something that I I just personally don't like, but uh, I understand it and I still use it. Um. So we were going to talk a little bit about mage magic and how do you do that. I think that we'll leave that for a different podcast. Uh, just because that's there's a lot to do with um, how do you do mage uh, magic, and I, I think that we can fill up and an easily fill up a 30 minute podcast on um, how do you do magic in.
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to read that book because I have personal um, yeah views on how that stuff works based on my history with the game. So, uh, yeah, we could probably do multiple episodes on that. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, do you have any kind of uh, NPC lore that you want to talk about, or? Uh, uh,
1: no. I just, uh, I did want to just touch on uh, what is the presence of the technocracy in Madison under siege, uh, other than, of course, Technogate or including Technogate.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah, the only, the only presence of the technocracy is really, um, Technogate in Madison. So if you want to kind of go over that real quick,
1: uh, well, yeah, guess... sure. It, it's, it's a void engineer installation. Uh, and they have a super powered gate that can shunt them to any part of the Umbra. As far as I know, uh, getting them back sometimes is a little more difficult. Uh, and it's a, it's a multi-convention place. I think you can probably speak to that.
0: Um, yeah. So with the technocracy, I don't know if this is right or not, but with the technocracy, I feel like there's more likelihood of, of working together, um, in, in chantries and stuff like that. So I kind of had Technogate be yes, it's a void engineer, uh, conquer what is it called uh construct Conctic? yeah so it's a um void engineer construct but there's all different types of people that are involved you know the syndicate is is funneling the money for it and funding the money so they have a senator that handles like the you know appropriations committee type stuff um to to make sure that they get the funding that they need um the um NWO supports it with, um, you know, personnel, security personnel and stuff like that. Um, the iteration X is, you know, helping with building technological devices for them as well as, um, you know, providing hit marks, um, to, to assist on missions when need be, um, when they need firepower type stuff. Um, the void engineers of course are the ones heading up the exploration aspects of um, technogate because they can, they can you know get to the umbra through a teleportation device and get all around in the umbra a lot easier um using this device um who am i missing am i missing anybody oh uh, progenitors
1: uh, what's that syndicate or did you do syndicate
0: syndicate is the one funding everything so the progenitors are just um you know to a certain degree they're the ones that are going to be the the scientists and doctors that are going to be like studying some of the biological stuff that they have that comes back or viruses stuff like that um you know maintaining the health or providing genetically engineered people that are suitable for specific environments inside of the umbra
1: Mm. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting as we continue to play Techno Gates to uh, to flesh out that that place and how it works.
0: All right, so I think we're coming up to an end here. Is there anything you want to go over before we uh, jump off?
1: No, uh, I'm a little out of it. The election <laughs> is in two days.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, go ahead and wrap it up on here, unless there's anybody that has any questions. All right, so um, thank you all for watching, and have a great day. Everybody.